0: Listening to the Red Seat Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton Derosier. It's a grand slam. I've done Welcome back to an emergency edition of the Red Sea Podcast. Uh, We are coming to you today because yesterday the Red Sox finally hired a manager. Uh, They did exactly what we all expected them to do. They hired Alex Cora back. He's coming back to lead the clubhouse. So I am here to talk to you today. It's Matt Collins and I am with uh, Jake, Jake Devereaux. What's going on, Jake? not much man the the news america has all been waiting for finally came through oh man what time i mean i i guess we could start there um <laughs> we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this but it is just the red sox reached peak red sox with the timing of this announcement coming like minutes after it became clear that pennsylvania was going to biden um, <laughs> it's just the the news dumpiest news dump of all time it's almost impressive
1: yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty uh, pretty high quality. I gotta say, people at my work were genuinely more excited uh, by the Alex Cora news than they were about anything going on politically, because I think we're just so exhausted from this constant news cycle. So, uh, honestly, the Red Sox, I think, did people a little bit of a favor today. <laughs> Some people. I, I don't
0: know. I don't know that this move is as popular as it seems like it is online but i mean i could be wrong about that but it just seems like i don't know i don't really know what i can't really gauge what the what the actual feeling is versus what the twitter feeling is because i can tell you the twitter feeling is uh yell at anybody who suggests that maybe this isn't 100 percent a good thing
1: Yeah, I think Twitter is just such a bad barometer of, like, how... it's definitely a bad barometer. Yeah, like, general New England, I think. Most casual Red Sox fans just associate Cora with 2018 and and winning and, you know, all the good feels that came from that and and competent management and good teams and stuff like that. So, that was kind of the sense, because I work with a lot of people who are just, you know, like, run-of-the-mill, like, watch the Sox, you know, type people, not... Totally into the minutia, and they were pumped about it. And uh, I, I think baseball Twitter is obviously always going to be on its high horse about every little freaking thing. So um, I don't, I don't know, think you're going to like my opinion on any of this. Then, well, no, I mean, I mean, it's a valid opinion. I'm not saying it's not valid, but uh, you know, I just don't think that it matters outside of uh, our little bubble as much as it seems.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess I could be totally wrong. I just... I mean, the Astros thing was not that long ago. It just feels like so many people were so mad about the Astros thing. It's hard for me to imagine that all of those people... I mean, obviously, there's going to be some people that just like brush it aside and don't care. But I feel like some people are mad enough that they would rather the Red Sox go in a different direction. But again, I mean, I don't... I'll be honest. I don't really talk to that many people about baseball outside of uh, what I have to do for a living because I do it all day and I don't really like doing it in my personal life. So I don't have a good gauge right. of what, like, non-internet people think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think that's uh, that's a good point. Um, the other thing about the Astros thing is, like, that happened with the Astros, didn't happen with the Sox. So I think that people that know about the Red Sox cheating scandal, the Red Sox version of that, know that it was – nowhere close to that type of caliber and also um you know just kind of kind of feel differently about uh alex cora in that you know he just served a year punishment so he he paid for it and uh he's done his time and now he's back so like what do you want the guy not to ever get a job again i mean
0: i mean there's so much there's middle ground there though right i mean i my feeling has always been that even if he wasn't Directly involved with the Red Sox stuff, and even if he wasn't the mastermind, the league tried to paint him out to be with the Astros stuff. He was still in a position of leadership with the Red Sox. Obviously, he was the top seat with the Astros. He was in the second seat, um, and there's some more culpability there to know what's going on with your clubhouse. And I think I don't think he should have been banned from baseball forever or anything. But I don't think it's unreasonable to think that somebody who has been in a leadership position for two cheating scandals whether or not if he didn't know about it that's almost worse that he doesn't know what's going on in his clubhouse um I don't think it's unreasonable to think that somebody in that situation shouldn't immediately go back to the highest job in his profession I mean I think he could manage I wouldn't be against him managing again someday I just didn't think him or AJ Hinch I mean I, I don't want to make it sound like it's just core I think it's the same for AJ Hinch i would have rather seen them have to work their way back up the ladder rather than just being handed a job right away
1: yeah that's fair i guess my my argument would be that um you know he was like fourth or fifth on the ladder of culpability uh, over at the astros you know there were so many people above him it seemed so much i just more meant in the dugout systemic. but yeah, the front
0: office and stuff too, yeah for sure it- yeah,
1: so I just don't really know. You know, they could have been pinning that on him. I don't really, I don't really have a great uh, sense of of what was going on there. But I really just look at what the Red Sox did, and obviously he wasn't punished for what they did. But I just don't really think that what the Red Sox did was a very big deal at all. Uh, and I, I probably won't change my opinion about that. Um, it's just kind of where I'm at. I, I do think the Astros thing was a big deal and it was shameful, but I, I do served a year, so what what happened?
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's hard to kind of, and I don't think I've done a very good job of it. To be fair, it's hard to sort of articulate exactly where I'm at with this because I definitely I've made it clear and I made it clear today. I wish they had gone in a different direction, but I mean, it's a sliding scale it's not just like a binary opinion so like if we're on a scale of I don't know the Mookie Betts trade or like letting Orsillo go to signing JD Martinez or trading for Chris Sale or whatever I'm certainly closer to the first part of that scale and on the negative side but I'm not I'm certainly not all the way there. I'm not like nude and mad and red online about it. It's just I would I wish they had gone a different direction, but I obviously see the benefits to Cora too. I think he's I think he's a fantastic manager. It has nothing to do with his managing skills.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the other thing is, I think that if the Red Sox had made this hire before AJ Hinch got hired, um, that I might have felt a little bit differently about it. But now that baseball is just kind of resoundingly inviting anybody who was involved in this back to the game, I would have been kind of pissed off if AJ had a job next year and Cora didn't have a job. That wouldn't have felt right to me because I still blame AJ Hinch way more for being the actual manager of that team and not knowing or not caring what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's...
0: I guess that's probably fair but I don't know that the difference is large enough that it would change my opinion on one one guy should have a job over the other. But I, I agree with your overall point that um, this, to me, isn't so much an issue even with the Red Sox as it is just the league as a whole. Um, I kind of, when the punishments came down for the Astros, I don't even, that feels like six years <laughs> ago, but I guess it, it was actually this year. Um, yeah. It I was sort of... In the minority position that I felt like it wasn't a totally spineless, too low punishment because my assumption, which has turned out to be dumb, um, surprise, surprise, was that guys like Lunau and then Hinch and Cora were all going to be um, basically untouchable and they weren't going to, like, nobody would hire them ever again, never mind the next year. So um, it's really disappointing to me i guess that the league is able to just move on this quickly but i guess at the same time i shouldn't really be surprised by that
1: yeah i i think that's right um you know if if you were looking for the league to act with a conscience uh in yeah. some like strong sense nice. of moral compass like yeah that's that's on you matt uh yeah. we have a lot of history of the league acting much worse than this um, so um I guess I'm just not surprised by the behavior of of Manfred <laughs> in in those involved. Yeah, I
0: don't even know that this is a Manfred <clears throat> specific issue. I mean, the punishment was, but just welcoming welcoming them back um, probably would happen no matter who was commissioner. Yeah, um, but I mean, look, like I said, I don't want to make this whole podcast just me sad assing about about this because I do. Like I said, I do think he's a great manager, so I think it's worth spending a little bit of time talking about the good parts of this. Um, Because, I mean, look, the players were all pulling for this. And, I mean, I think that's the biggest... If you're going to make the argument for making this move, I think that's the clear number one argument, is that the players want it. It doesn't matter that the fans want it. It certainly doesn't matter that ownership wanted it. Uh, But the players wanting it is not insignificant. Um, And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, ostensibly, that they're going to gain from this is guys like Rafael Devers getting Cora back in the dugout.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, The first thing I thought of um, was actually J.D. Martinez and Andrew Benintendi in regards to this, because those guys still associate um, Cora with you know, the the era in which they were dominant or very good baseball players. And I think that a guy like Cora coming in and, and your memories of him, if you're one of those two players, are of you being successful under that guy. I think it's it's very likely that he can help them remember that version of themselves and get back to the routines and kind of help them turn the page on what was a very tumultuous uh, 2020 and uh kind of get the best out of them so i'm more confident that cora can can sort of extract the best out of benny jd and rafi than i and even eduardo rodriguez health you know considering uh than anybody else who could come in and do that with this roster
0: yeah so <sighs> i I don't, I don't know that i agree with the ben Tendy part and i've seen some other people bring that up too um But, I mean, Ben Attendee hasn't been very good since, like, halfway through 2018. Um, So a year and a half of that is under Cora. So I'm not sure. That's not to say I don't think Ben Attendee has any chance of bouncing back or anything like that. We've talked about that a bunch over the last few weeks. We don't need to go over it again. I just don't know that Cora specifically um, has a ton to do with Ben Attendee. I don't think it hurts. It probably helps a little bit just because, like I said, players just love playing for Alex Cora and that always helps but I think um, I I don't know that there's all those good memories when Benintendi has struggled a lot under Cora too.
1: Yeah I guess I'm just looking at differing degrees of uh, struggling you know WRC plus versus 43 Yeah but
0: I mean that was also like obviously I'm not going to sit here and say he was anything but terrible in 2020 but that was also what like I don't have it in front of me but it was like 15 games or something like that
1: yeah no you're you're right it was it was negligible it was 14 games and 52 played appearances so it's it's not a lot at all um maybe it doesn't have the same impact with Benintendi but I just think overall the vibes in the clubhouse with this and the, the player reactions on twitter as soon as it happened everybody's just really excited to invite Cora back in and you know Xander's words on Alex Cora um, when he was dismissed for the first time or sort of stepped away for the first time, uh, he seemed kind of pissed about it. And Xander doesn't usually show a ton of emotion about personnel decisions and stuff like that, but he seemed genuinely upset about that too. So, I I have to imagine that this is a very popular move amongst the players.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I think you mentioned um, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think he's guy he's the guy that I associate the most with sort of Cora getting the most out of guys I know Devers kind of gets that reputation and it's not unfounded he Cora um, has done a lot for Devers but the way Cora handled Rodriguez to me sort of defined him as a manager and the way that he I mean, he was brutal. It was he was not nice about it. He attacked, maybe attacked is a little too strong, but he. I mean, he went after Rodriguez in the media, and that got the most out of him. I mean, one of the lone bright spots in 2019 was Eduardo Rodriguez, and I think Cora's attitude had a lot to do with that. Um, but I don't know that that matters anymore because I just have no idea what to do with Eduardo Rodriguez. So, um, I mean, that's not the only guy that Cora impacts but the fact that the guy at least in my mind that he impacts the most um it might not even matter because of health reasons um it's it dampers it a little for me not a ton but a little bit
1: yeah i guess that question was going to be there no matter who is oh, managing sure. the team so uh, you may as well have the guy that can extract the best version of eduardo there in case he is healthy so yeah i i i totally get what you're saying about you know feeling better about that if, if we knew Rodriguez was healthy. But overall, I, I just have to say I'm excited for the type of energy that Cora brings uh, every day and how that can translate to, to turning the page uh, from a truly horrendous season. Uh, I just I, think that's awesome.
0: I will say, and I agree that he's better for that sort of thing than Ron Reneke, but I just – just right out of the gate i kind of want to stop people from making that direct comparison uh between this year and next year um because i don't don't think anybody could have gotten energy out of this team this year between the lack of fans and the fact that they just were terrible and the fact that the world was burning um i don't know that Renick. like i don't know that Cora even would have gotten
1: energy i think
0: i think this year would have been a disaster no matter what
1: yeah i agree it was probably the best possible year ever to be suspended. Yeah,
0: which is another reason <laughs> I kind of feel weird about it, because he didn't even—he missed a fake season. But, whatever, we don't have to go back to that. Um, so, I'm interested in how long of a leash, not the team, but how long of a leash do you think the fans are going to give him? Because there's a Pretty good chance that they're not going to be very good next year. Um, yeah, um, I mean, it's a tough situation to come into.
1: I think it it really depends on the uh, moves that Bloom makes. I think that if Bloom makes win now moves, I think the clock on Cora starts right away. Um, but I think if Cora goes into this season with a conservative off season strategy. That's sort of playing more into the, all right, let's see what we have when Sale comes back. Let's see if Houck is actually real. Let's see if Eduardo's healthy. Like, If he's more reliant on those types of moves than he is like going out and signing Ozuna and trading for a top pitcher or whatever, I think the reactions are going to be very different. So I I just don't know that we can accurately gauge uh, what Alex Cora's leash is going to be right now. I think that's accurate rationally.
0: Um, but I don't think that's gonna matter to just the general fan feeling. I mean, Reneke got killed this year with this roster after what they did last offseason. I just I just one I just feel like April is going to be huge because there's Red Sox fans are going to be quick to turn on anybody and i don't think alex Cora is immune to that i think if they get off to like a 10 and 20 start or something uh people are going to start looking at him a little bit differently fairly or not fairly
1: yeah that's fair um it's fair to expect that i guess i should say i don't think it's fair uh that they will do that but i also think that bloom clearly was very interested in other candidates. In particular, it sounds like he was very interested in Sam Fold. So if we get a year into this experiment or maybe two years into it, it wouldn't surprise me if Bloom is ready to make a move too because this is something I've mentioned on the show with Shelley and with Keaton is that it is kind of odd for Bloom to go, you know, maybe potentially his first like three or four years with the team without – ever choosing a guy who was precisely his guy to be the manager um, that is kind of weird and it does seem like he was extremely impressed with Cora, but I do think there is some element of that that was influenced heavily by you know, his previous relationship with the players and how much Red Sox brass really like Alex Cora um, so I think that all factors into it Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that I I don't know that I
0: buy that narrative quite as much i think it's a little overplayed um i think if bloom wanted his own guy he would have gotten his own guy um i think i think one underrated aspect of the bloom era so far has been that he's not taking control and i think that's a good thing he's letting he kept most of the front office intact he didn't clean house and he's... I think he has, and he's continuing to listen to um, the people that have been in the organization for a long time, and he's sort of... I think he's heard enough good things about Alex Cora that I... I don't think it was ever, like, a Bloom versus ownership thing. I don't know that. That's totally speculation. But I I think it's a little overplayed. But I will say, we did get a question sort of along the lines of what you are saying, a little more conspiratorial um, from... Uh, Richard Banks. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's kind of long. But basically what he's saying is that um, the expectations for the team are going to be a little higher with Korra than they would be without Cora, regardless of the roster. <clears throat> um, and there's a good chance that they will not be as good as those expectations. Um, so he's wondering if Bloom's thought if he's doing like a little bit of game theory here in saying that we can let Korra go for a couple of years and then if things are still bad by the end of 2022 then I could bring my own guy and give myself a little bit of a longer rope kind of implying that the next couple of years are on Korra more so than Bloom
1: yeah i I wouldn't I wouldn't buy into that personally I think that every decision that Bloom makes is his own decision and maybe I said it wrong before I don't think that uh, Bloom was kind of strong-armed into this decision from from Red Sox ownership. I do think that they had a preference for him to interview him. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's Bloom's job that is on the line if, if Cora doesn't do a good job and if Bloom doesn't do a good job. So I think they're definitely more in it together. I think he's hitched his wagon to, to Cora for better or worse. And I don't actually think it will allow him any more rope if he's not able to build a good team within, like, say, two three years,
0: yeah, I think I think anybody, any front office person who has paid any attention to the madness that has been Red Sox ownership in relation to their front office people, um, they would be very dumb to do anything except try to win as much as possible as often as possible because uh, there's there's a quick trigger. With this yeah. ownership group, with respect to GMs and uh, heads of baseball operations, so uh, I this would not be this would not be the organization I would be trying those kind of games with.
1: I will say with Bloom, uh, I I think that his meticulous nature that we've seen, and, and you know, granted we haven't seen a, even a full off season from Bloom yet, so I'm holding back. Yeah, I don't judgment. think we actually know anything about Heim Bloom yet. I think we know a little about Heim Bloom. I think we know that he takes a while to consider the possibilities uh i think he has a bit more charrington in him than he does dombrowski but i'm not i'm still like not sure if he has that decisive bone in his body the same way that like theo did theo seemed to be a great mix of both of those personalities and and i'm hoping that that's bloom but I, i think we've really seen more of the charrington side than than the dombo side so far i think that's also the circumstances too I agree. Totally agree. Like There's I, no reason to push chips right now.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't even know if Dombrowski was still here. I don't know if it, things would have been all that much differently.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Well, he probably wouldn't have uh, made the Seabold deal because that seems too nuanced. I don't think I agree with that, but we don't need to go down that road.
0: <laughs> um, I just don't know that it was all that nuanced. Um, what do I'm just trying to find another question here. Uh, oh, so we should probably talk about the bench coach before we get out of here. Um, that's So that's the only opening on the coaching staff right now. They kept everybody else except for the bullpen coach, I believe. Um, so Adam Kern is wondering if uh, you think that Fold would be an option for the bench coach opening.
1: I think it's interesting, but I don't know that Cora and Fold have any sort of previous relationship. Uh, and so my guess would be no
0: fault play for the Rays, didn't he? He did. Yeah, so I think there's some relationship there. Um, But I would agree
1: that he's not going to take this bench coach job. Um, Well, like, the relationship is more with Cora than it is with Bloom that would matter, right? Oh, yeah, I thought you had said Bloom. Oh, no, no. With with, with Cora in particular, like, Cora wants a guy that he trusts, not some guy that Bloom likes as his bench coach.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Cora... I mean, for all I know, that they have spoken. I mean, I think they played around the same time. I'm sure they're familiar with each other. Um, but I don't know that Fold, Fold would want this job. Um, I feel like he if you don't get the manager job, just stick with where you are. He's been getting interviews every year. Um, I don't know that going to be a bench coach on a team that might win 85 games as like a ceiling right now is like a great career option especially because if things go bad you're probably not replacing Cora they're just going to totally clean house.
1: Yeah, I think the move here is pretty clear. I think the bench coach needs to be Julian Tavares. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree.
0: Um I I do think it's going to be I think it's going to be Ron Eri. Um uh, Sleepy scene, Ron, huh? Yeah, I I don't love that characterization, but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Renicky kind of implied earlier in the year, like when they asked him about future plans, um, he basically said he would only come back to something less for a manager to work with core again. He didn't say that in so many words. I don't know the exact quote. But that was sort of the implication of what he was saying. Um, and they kept...
1: It just seems like they're running back 2018 and 2019. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if it was Renicky. I just think there's too much association with Renicky in this bad year uh, to bring him back. And they brought back every other coach. Yeah, but like Reneke was the face of this this year. In my, I opinion. I don't think I agree with that.
0: Well, I think it's a weird you know, characterization but... of this year.
1: I I think that Renicky's characteristic lack of urgency rubbed a lot of people the wrong way.
0: If anything, I would say probably the ownership is the face of this season. Yeah, maybe that would be my impression, but I think I mean I think Cora and Renicky they are an unlikely duo, but they uh they like each other. They work well together.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, they've had a lot of success in the past. I just I kind of expect some someone else. If I'm Ron, I just probably want a vacation as well. It's uh been quite a year. I'm I'm sure that it wasn't an easy managerial job this season with all the churn that they had. So
0: oh, I mean it. He had—he was sort of outspoken about some of the things. Not even with the roster. I mean, the guy didn't see his family for months. I mean, it was—it yeah. Yeah, was a tough situation. Um, but I don't know. I don't think he would want to go on a vacation. dude has been in baseball for like eighty years. What about At a certain Veritek? point? That's just what you do. What about getting Veritex some bench coach experience? Hey, I—I I would. I don't even know that Renicki would be my first choice. To be honest, I don't have a first choice. We're talking about a bench coach here. Um, I didn't know what a bench coach did until I was like seventeen years old. But yeah, I mean Veritek. I've seen uh, Fabless's name thrown out there. Um,
1: whatever, man. I don't really care. They write lineup cards, right? That's what they do. Uh, Jerry
0: Naren. actually, bring back Jerry Nairn just for that. That dude had like that crazy
1: <laughs> handwriting.
0: I forgot. He about did that. um. So one last question before we get out of here. Um, I don't really even know that we should entertain the actual question, but I think it's an interesting point. Uh, Get on basis, shouldn't Cora be judged on 2019, not 2018? Um, I mean, I think that's ridiculous, but I also think it also feels like people are judging him on 2018 and not 2019, in that 2019 kind of gets thrown under the rug. Half of Cora's seasons have been disappointing. I think that's a point
1: worth thinking about. Well, I mean, 2019 was also a hurt sale year as well. So there's a lot of factors that go into For sure, all this stuff. 2018 was also a loaded roster.
0: Yeah. I think the main takeaway is probably that the manager doesn't matter that much.
1: But I don't know, man. 20, 2019, Erod had a great year. Devers had a fantastic year. Mookie still played well. JG still had a good year. Like... There was a lot of really good stuff happening on that roster. The biggest thing that they didn't have was a frontline guy, and they had a weak bullpen. So, I don't know how much of that is really Cora's fault that Sale got hurt and that his bullpen sucked.
0: I think you could put some of the bullpen on him. I think he managed the bullpen pretty poorly early on
1: in that season. I agree. I remember talking to you about the bullpen Destroyed every Matt day. Barnes. It was Matt Barnes in a high-leverage situation. Yeah, but by yeah. the end of that season, though, remember how good Workman, Workman was yeah. for yeah. the stretch. Yeah, and look, I think... I I just...
0: My feeling is just that 2019 is a little bit forgotten, and so I just wanted to bring it up really quickly. But I do... Yeah, I mean, I think... Like I said, I think is a really good manager. My issues with the hiring and I guess this will be my last thought on this. My issues with the hiring is not really about Cora. It's not even really just about the Red Sox. It's just the entire situation makes me uncomfortable and the difference to me between Cora and fill in the blank with Sam Fold or um, James Rousen who I believe was ended up being the third place candidate or whoever else I don't think is that big that I would feel the need to make this hire.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um I guess I I will say my closing thoughts on it are just um I'm happy he's back and I think that all these candidates that they brought in were very similar to Coral in that regard. Um so I think that any of those guys that you mentioned, you know, Sam Fold or, or Rousen would have been good candidates too, but uh, at the end of the day I'm very happy that Kor's back.
0: All right. Well I think that is a good place to end it so uh i guess i have to end this like a normal podcast huh uh you (laughs) can uh follow us on twitter i run the over the monster account at over the monster jake is at dev jake you can and should and are legally obligated to give us five stars and leave us nice reviews and tell people about us and subscribe to us Uh, You are not legally obliged to read OverTheMonster.com, but I would be very happy if you did because I would like to keep the job. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Anything else? That's it. All right. Bye, guys.